Hey there, everyone. Before we dive into episode five today, we wanted to respond to episode four. We had talked a little bit about Mandy taking over my dating apps, and we don't want it to come across as catfishing or perhaps... It was suggested to us that we were catfishing, and I was like, what? Yeah, and that was not our intention. I think, you know, as a person, when you are the one swiping, sometimes you can have some biases. Mm-hmm. And I think in the in episode four, we had talked about how sometimes I might, maybe as the person swiping, sometimes I am swiping right because of a certain look or a certain bias or whatnot. But I think we were, you know, one of our things is being more open-minded to possibilities and opportunities and having someone who knows you, cares about you, wants the best for you, they might have a more open or uh, what would you say? Like, I at least have a different set of biases. Yeah, different set about a different perspective and you can identify potentials that I might not be open to because of my own biases. And we thought we might explore that opportunity. It's not our intention to fool anyone or trick anyone. There's no trickery involved. And to be honest, I've been way too busy to even fuck with your app. (laughs) I'm like barely even messing with my own these days. Um, I think I messaged like one person for you in the last week. So I'm being pretty lazy about it, but probably more proactive than you are. Definitely more proactive than me. I just have not had the time. I've had such a blast with podcasting that Mm -hmm. besides my day job and my other volunteer extracurriculars, the next thing on my mind is podcasting. So Mm -hmm. I honestly don't want to dive too deep into the dating apps just because if I, 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 and it's my personal belief, if I'm going to date, I want to make sure I give it the attention that it deserves. I want to take it seriously. I don't want to play games. I want to be mindful. I want to be serious about it. You know, but in a playful way, obviously, but, you know, not be playing games. And, right. We're not trying to, like, reel yeah. people in and yeah. break hearts or right. anything bullshitty. And so, so I don't want to be the person who is half-hearted doing these apps if I just don't have the time for them. People did ask me, hey, Miley, how's your weekend going? And I ignored them all weekend because I cannot stand that question. And you know how I feel about small talk? I <laughs> hate it. So I waited until... I think Monday evening, and I said, it was good. I was camping because you it. were camping. I was camping. <laughs> and I like how, you know, you had asked me, like, where did you go? Because someone asked you. Yeah, and I, I was like, someone's asking me? And it took me a second to realize you were talking about the dating app because I'm like, who's asking about what I'm doing on the weekends? I'm like, hi, I need to know more about your business because people are asking me. And if you guys end up chatting later, I don't want it to be a lie. Of course. Unless, Um, again, like I said, we're not trying to lie. I think part of it is being open-minded, right? And I also don't want to be limited by my own biases. Yeah. And then we also, in episode four, chatted a little bit about me being a wingman for you at the bar. And as much as I would love with all of my heart to do that, it's just not possible right now. So we understand that there's a pandemic and COVID is in an upswing. People are getting sick and hospitalization rates. All those things are very real and we are very mindful of them. A kit. You can't go out to the bars and socialize right now. I I don't even know if they're all open. I think the only ones open have to operate as restaurants. But regardless, you can't talk to people that aren't in your party because I have a friend who was curious when some of these bars in Old Town reopened 
she was really curious how they were doing things. So she went and there's plastic things separating groups at the bar. And at one point, I think they tried to somebody and it was like her and two friends leaned over to maybe ask a question of the person next to them and they got reprimanded. So you're not even allowed to talk to people at the bars, which... Wow. But anyways, it's an entire, it was all very light, all very ingest, but I mean, one day We were dreaming. Yeah. I would like to say, probably Uh, dreaming of what it would be like if we were to go out. If you're single in three years and COVID isn't really a problem (laughs) anymore, (laughs) I'm still really happy to be the wingman for you. But for now, I'll just wingman you online. I like that. And um, I I even sent some, some people in my dating app. I I don't think I'm a match for you, but I'm a friend. (laughs) None of, no one has responded to that. I don't oh. know why. Anyways, oh well. But thanks for listening. Um, I also really, one quick update. Uh, this is coming out on Thanksgiving or the week of Thanksgiving. And I wanted to say I had a really startling moment today with Spotify. When I opened it, it advertised Christmas pop music to me. And I listened to the playlist. <gasps> You did. Yeah. Oh. I don't listen to Christmas music until the week of Christmas. What happened? Because I have I had the same conversation with my, one of my friends this weekend. Did you? Because we were passing by, we were coming home from the camping trip, and we were passing by this house that already had their Christmas lights up, oh, and God. I was just like, what? We haven't even celebrated Thanksgiving yet. Right. And it's not that, like, Thanksgiving is a whole nother topic. Because at first they were saying, like, I have mixed feelings about Thanksgiving because of the historical perspective. I love Thanksgiving and I'm Native American okay. and I'm allowed to love oh, it. Oh, good. I, I'm, I'm glad. My thing was, I think Christmas music was always done after Thanksgiving for me. Christmas lights are always after Thanksgiving. Celebrating one holiday at a time, be, you know, in the yes. order that they come in. Yes. But I think also... Could we Christmas, just be in this yes, moment and right. not be future tripping on fucking Christmas? That was my thing. I was just like, Christmas signifies... Sign- Christmas signals or signifies sign, uh, symbolizes okay. the 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 end of a year, and oh. sometimes I find that See, we're rushing to end the year so can I quickly. I just say that's really interesting that Christmas to you signifies the end of something no. when it is literally <laughs> the birth no, of Jesus Christ. No, it's, <laughs> I, this love, is, I love no, this moment. I just, I just mean like I know, the there's time some irony. of. <laughs> The calendar year yes, is the ending. The cal- calendar year is ending. And yeah. for me, I'm just like, it's not even Thanksgiving yet. Like, why are we rushing yeah. to go into a new year when right. we still have at least, you know, a month and a half, six, seven weeks left? And I, I, I don't like to, like I said, like, I don't want us to rush. Like, this why is, are we not living in the moment? It's the same thing with how I feel about Fridays. Everybody gets really excited about Fridays. And I'm like, big deal. It's another day. One of seven. Right. You know what's going to happen? You're going to waste away your next two days doing nothing important. And then you're going to be back at work on Monday. So you know what? You should make every day, Monday through Sunday, count for something. I love it. All right. Lesson. That's the end of the lesson today. <laughs> I just wanted to admit that I listened to Christmas music. Did and you I enjoy was, it? I did. I was singing. In my defense, the Jonas Brothers and Justin Bieber were in the first few songs on this playlist, and I previewed the playlist. How was I supposed to ignore that? Jonas Brothers. Uh, Jonas Brothers. Okay. You're forgiven just for that. Thank you. That's it. And Biebs. I mean, come on. Of course, Biebs. There was a Michael Buble. There was some Kelly Clarkson. I love Buble. I know, right? He's cutie. Anyways. All right. Enough about that white guys we think are hot. (laughs) 
moving on. All right. Well, enjoy episode five, and uh, we'll see you soon. Talk Happy to you Thanksgiving. Soon. Happy Thanksgiving. Hello, friends. It's Miley. And Mandy. And we are The The Main Main Dish. We're so happy that you joined us for this week's episode. Yes, it's going to be a good one. It is a good one. It's a really good one, actually. I feel like we touched on a lot of good stuff, meaningful stuff that I think are going to uh, hopefully spark some intrigue and spark some thoughts uh, from our listeners. Yeah. I think it also helps, I don't know about you, but it it helps me a lot too. And I think, again, it goes back to one of the reasons why I love being part of this podcast and part of what Mandy and I are creating here in our podcast world is um, this sense of community, this sense of shared experiences. And we're here to talk about uh, many things that affect all of our lives, all of us, and uh it's not just to help you, but it also helps us as well. Yes, I like it. I like talking through things. Sometimes sometimes talking through things offers me some clarity. It's like our own friendship therapy session. Yeah. And we do mention that a little bit. Y'all will see. <laughs> I want to take a moment just to say thank you to everybody who's listening and has been listening. I know I've said this once before, but this gratitude really comes from, I know you have a play, uh, you, I know you have a lot of options when it comes to podcasts and what you put in your ear holes. So thanks for tuning in to us. Once or twice, 10 times. I mean, we've this is episode five, so maybe you're repeating listening to episodes because you hear some little nuggets that are super tasty and you want to have that one more time. And we love you and we appreciate you and we thank you for it. Thank you so, so very much. Please tell your friends. Please share us on social streams, wherever you might be. I have created us a Twitter. I have created us a Facebook. We had to get rid of the other one and start a fresh one. But So we have Twitter, Facebook. We have the Instagram and uh, about to get a LinkedIn. Are we anywhere else? We're on, did you say YouTube yet? No. YouTube? Yes, but we don't have any content on YouTube yet. Not yet. Okay. But you, you know, if you can, subscribe to it anyways because when we do start putting content, then you'll get the little alarm that says that we've posted uh, some YouTube videos. This is where we make the video and we point down that says, turn on the notifications. Yes, turn on the notifications. And, uh, you know, this episode is coming out Thanksgiving weekend. Yes. Or week. So this episode is coming out the during Thanksgiving week. So yeah. we just want to say, you know, happy Thanksgiving. And again, we are so grateful for having this community, having you be part of this community. And uh, can we do a little shout out to all of our listeners? Like in a rap song. <laughs> like in a rap song, but I can't rap. What? Um, you told well, me you were learning to rap. I was learning how to lip sync to Lizzo. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if everyone caught our video on Instagram. Yeah, a recent Lizzo or Ocean Spray Challenge. Yeah, but Ocean Spray didn't uh, didn't reach out for sponsorship. I'm a little uh, sad. However, yeah. I am determined. We'll do it and again. And for sure. Ooh. Boom. <laughs> Dropped it. Straight uh, For sure. And so uh, we will be uh, dropping some more videos, hopefully. I don't know if it'll be wrapping videos, but it'll be something yeah, fun. We and have videos coming. I'm determined. Ocean Spray, you're on my list. <laughs> <laughs> you on notice, Ocean Spray. 
wake so, up. <laughs> we love looking at our stats and we just want to be able to kind of shout out and you know, give give some some gratitude, give some thanks for our listeners. So we have listeners all over Arizona, which is awesome because we're Arizonans. Yes. But we have some from California, Cali in the house. Oregon in the house. Texas. Yeah, I was born in Texas, so it's always nice to, to, to see people from Texas. We got a little represent from Kansas and my home mm-hmm. state of Michigan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Georgia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you think that's directly related to you talking about your trips to Georgia? And... I hope so. Shucks. I hope so too. I hope it. I hope you really pick up speed in Georgia with your. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pennsylvania. I feel, I feel, and... Sorry to interrupt oh, our no, shoutouts, no. but I feel a character coming on. <laughs> We're gonna develop a character for mm-hmm. multiple characters. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, we gotta think of a name for her. Mm-hmm. She just keeps coming out. Yeah, we'll think of a name for her. Uh, and Florida, I I don't know. I can't think of. I have who's a friend in, in Florida. Florida. I also okay. have family in Florida. Okay, none that uh, I talk to, but. Oh. Uh. Well, yeah, I don't. Uh, I I can't think of anybody off the top of my head in Pennsylvania, but Same. whoever you are, thank you so much. I hope you voted blue. Oh. <laughs> Hope you're one of those deciding votes. And uh, we also have a listener, or hopefully listeners, from Guatemala. My friend Michelle, I think that's you. You told me you listened, so I'm thinking you're the one from Guatemala. And we also have someone from the Philippines that, for me, if it's Jean or Gio, one of you hopefully listened. If, If it's not Gio or George, reach out to us. Let us know who you are. We would love to. I like that you told me. You were like, we have a listener in the Philippines. Who do you, do you know anybody over there? And I was like... Well, it's a lot more likely to be you than me. <laughs> well, then after I asked you, I started thinking about people. And then, you know, I know Gio, my friend, is Filipino and he goes to Philippines a lot. But I, I think he's in California right now, so I didn't really think about him. Mm-hmm. But then his uncle, Gene Flores, has been has been traveling all over the world because he is the director of many different world pageants. Mm-hmm. So he might be in Florida right now. Or not Florida. He might be in the Philippines right now. I mean, of your thousands of social like friends facebook and instagram there's likely to be some in the philippines hopefully more for you than for me yeah probably because i yeah anyways whoever you are thank Thank you you. so much (laughs) and reach out to us we want to hear from you Mm -hmm. please uh like comment subscribe follow yes and share oh yes that's a good word share baby share sharing is caring yes hashtag It's Thanksgiving, so have a great week with your friends and family, no matter what you're doing. If um, you're spending that time on your own recharging, I can 100% appreciate that. I do like to recharge. I will be taking a road trip and recharging on a solo trip, I believe, at this point, to San Diego to see the bestie and hang out with him and his girlfriend. Oh, shoot. I might be going to San Diego that weekend, too. What? Girl. I might be. I'm debating between staying home and re-energizing yeah. or going to see my cousin and her kids and we'll see. Okay, well you'll yeah. find out from us I guess soon whether yeah. how, how that all went and um, mm-hmm. we'll chat about it the week after Thanksgiving and talk about if we link up yeah. in San Diego. Be safe, be healthy, be strong, Yes. have fun, be joyous, Yes. be thankful. We're grateful. Absolutely. Enjoy the episode. So, 
Today we are going to be discussing things that we have learned about ourselves mm-hmm. from uh, from the people that we've dated in the past. Yes, via those experiences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things I've things I've learned I like and don't like. Negotiables and non-negotiables, perhaps. Um, things that I want out of a person in my life whether even whether it's a friend or a romantic relationship just any anybody who's around me there's a certain core set of values that I gel I guess best with yeah what do you have for us oh shucks I think you should start oh she said shucks (laughs) so I was actually while you were saying that before we dive into specific negotiables or non-negotiables you know I there is one thing that I do want to share about you know reflecting and preparing for this episode just coming from the mindset of being thankful for things that I've learned from past relationships and from people that I've dated in the past is that it's so important to not only know what your negotiables or non-negotiables are but it's also important to speak up or articulate those one big lesson that I'm learning right now, and this is actually something new, for those of our listeners who may not know me personally or outside of this podcast, um, I have started seeing a therapist. Mm-hmm. And it's really helped me discover a lot of things about myself, about maybe my patterns, about how I see or think about things. And one thing that my therapist and I talked about today specifically at our session is when I think back and look back to my past one thing that I have a pattern with is not speaking up soon enough about some of my negotiables or non-negotiables and you can even say even speaking up about placing boundaries too right because when you know what your negotiables are or you know what is non-negotiable you're having a conversation with that person about your boundaries about your boundaries and I've always realized that, I've always acknowledged that I've had boundary issues. Mm-hmm. I've just never seen it from the perspective of articulating my negotiables and non-negotiables. Okay. I thought you were going to say that maybe it was disrespectful to the person who may be pushing your boundaries. Because if they aren't aware that that's a boundary for you. They're likely to continue crossing it. And then that builds up resentment on your side. And then it leads to uh, like friction. And the other person is left like, well, what am I doing wrong here? Because they don't know. So it's almost like disrespectful. I've come to feel like find that in relationships. So knowing your boundaries, knowing your negotiables and non-negotiables, you have to start there. Exactly. And I think when you said the whole disrespectful, that actually was a word that popped up today in my my session with my therapist because we were going... That'll be $200. <laughs> I'm racking up my Wait, bill. Wait, what are you paying him? I'll give you... I'll do it for half. <laughs> uh, undercut the, the competition? Yeah. Yes. So we were talking about how I, I am stuck on this word disingenuous. Oh, yeah. Because... The last person I dated said that I was disingenuous. And I struggled with that because I've never really thought that I was a disingenuous person. But we, he asked me, well, let's look at the evidence that you could be disingenuous. And that's where the conversation led to 
there were moments where I may not have spoken up about my negotiables and non-negotiables and I was unintentionally being disingenuous by holding back Mm -hmm. and not sharing what my thoughts are or maybe in the moment because in my in the moment I may have been like is I was trying to figure out if is this a non-negotiable is this a negotiable and I was in my head so much trying to figure it out when maybe I should have spoken up sooner and talked about it and had a discussion about it and so even if it's just to say I don't know how I feel about that right and so I I think in the past I always kind of sat in a place in my feelings or in my thoughts until I knew what it what the answer was but maybe the lesson that I need to learn from this is even if I don't know I can speak up still and say I'm not sure how I feel about this but just so you know I'm not hiding something or I'm not holding back but know that this is what's on my mind right now yeah. and not being afraid of rejection rejection okay because I think in my head I was thinking so much about negotiables and non-negotiables and speaking up that if I spoke up I would be rejected and I didn't know how to handle that mm-hmm. so we were going back and forth I mean it's it's more than what a one-hour session can can give you but at least it's a start to talking about boundaries or yeah. negotiables and non-negotiables it sounds really juicy like that sounds like a good session like you really got some some quality stuff out of there yeah, it, it was. It, it kind of stayed with me throughout the day today, and it helped me because... Setting boundaries is actually a kind thing to do. It is. It's kind of like, uh, you know, you know, you and I have the same boss or department chair or whatnot. Sure. And one of the things that she always says is, like, if I do something that upsets you, like, you got to let me know because I don't know that it's upsetting you if you don't tell me, and I'll just keep doing it unintentionally, right? Right. So it's that kind of mantra or that kind of phrase has kind of stayed with me, and every now and then I'll be like, you know, I do need to let people know when something bothers me or if they do something that hurts me. Yeah. It's not that they're intentionally hurting you, but they might keep doing it and not knowing that they're hurting me or yeah. offending me. Right. Not knowing how the other person is receiving mm-hmm. The information that you're giving them is, yeah, sometimes not a good place to be. Right. So, and not everybody is as in tune to other how how they're received. Not everybody is able to quite self-assess that way. Or, you know, there could be a one-off person who had X Y Z experience, and therefore your colorful jokes about, you know. I don't know, chasing a secretary around the desk or something that like you maybe you hear some weird old timey kind of stuff in an office. And while it's joking and it's not directed at anyone in particular, you never know what that person has been through and might how they might be hearing that and if they're offended. So, yeah, if you're offended, you should say something and you should. Well, I mean, to be offended is a choice. We, yes. we don't have to go too far down that road today, but like being offended is a choice and suffering, I feel to an extent, is a choice. So, um, but yeah, boundaries are a kind thing to mm-hmm. do. It helps other people establish where they fit into your life. And that's just fair. Back and forth, it should go both ways. I totally agree. I love it. A th- another thing my therapist had uh, mentioned is also because I had mentioned like, I find it a lot easier in the workplace for me to place boundaries than it is in my personal life. Okay. And he had said, in the workplace, there are systems in place to protect the outcomes. You know, like there's HR and there there is a, a job to lose. Yeah, and... there, there's a hierarchy. And the thing is, like, people 
respect the 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 concept that they need to work together in order to keep their job in order to uh, arrive at the the shared goals that we have to deliver on whatever workplace deadlines job responsibilities or not Mm -hmm. but in your personal life you don't have systems like that in place like anybody can just peace out at any time yeah however you express yourself you can face rejection at any moment and that is something very scary and it, it it can make you very uneasy and it can be one of the reasons why speaking up is harder in your personal life because you have everything to lose when you speak up yeah but being able to approach those hard conversations about for example negotiables and non-negotiables being prepared to say stand up for yourself in a way right and knowing that regardless of rejection or no rejection you're speaking up for yourself and that's an important thing to do asking people or asking the people that you love inviting them into your world and into your vulnerability and to understand you better yeah can and you if, meet me where i am right and if they can't then be able to accept right. that right um another thing Accept- i know acceptance is super tough it is um you, we we as humans want to fall into this like i can fix it yeah. Oh my goodness gracious. Okay, I'm quitting my therapist and you are now my new therapist because we <laughs> talked about that today too um, about... Um, I just raised my rates. <laughs> <laughs> so you just said that acceptance is a very hard thing for us to do because it falls into this category of like we want to fix it or we we need to be able to fix it. Yes. Today my therapist and I were talking about how one of the things that I've struggled with the recent breakup is in the workplace I'm you know I am one of those people who believe in working hard you can achieve or fix any issue or resolve any problem or overcome any challenge as long as you put the work and effort into it yeah but that doesn't work with personal relationships because it's two ways it's he said that too (laughs) (laughs) so I didn't want to tell you this but I'm actually your therapist Mission Impossible level of face makeup. <laughs> yeah, lots of revelations today about my recent breakup with the, with the discussion with my therapist. But forget my Thursday 9 a.m. appointments anymore. <laughs> I should just schedule my appointments with you. Have your people call my people. We'll do. We'll do. <laughs> Done. It's on the checklist. I love it. It's all super important. And if it's good that we're talking about this and you happen to be going through in in it some so to speak right now um, makes it all very real and fresh for you so have you so you've been given probably this thing this assignment this task or food for thought something to chew on to think about your negotiables yes I have and non-negotiables yes have you ever thought about them before I mean, you date, you, we talked about this, you dated through all of your 20s the same person, and now you're in your 30s and you've been dating a little bit over the last year and a half-ish. Had you ever thought about, like, listing out negotiables or non-negotiables? So I've never thought of literally listing out negotiables or yeah. non-negotiables. I've always been one of those people that flowed, and whenever there was a conflict, we would talk about it. I feel like in my long-term relationship, I spoke up a lot because I never had a fear of rejection would break me. Right. It did. You probably never feared of being rejected in that relationship either. Right. You were the power in that 
duo. And so I spoke up about like anytime there was a non-negotiable, I spoke up right away. Right. And we talked about it. Yeah. Uh, and so it, I feel like I was a lot healthier in that relationship in that respect. And ever since that relationship, I have not been as confident about speaking up. Even though you were the catalyst to, to end that relationship. I was. Yeah. That's interesting. It's interesting that you say that too because my therapist said that too today. <laughs> he was comparing it to my recent breakup about how like I was a catalyst in breaking up. And you know when you contrast that with my recent breakup, I was not the catalyst. Right. And so uh, that was... You were trying to force him into the most recent guy. You were trying to force him into growing into a person that he just wasn't ready, willing, or able to do one or all of those things. Well, see, here's the thing. I'm not even sure if I was trying to force him to it because I didn't, I feel like I didn't speak up enough to even that's, force him. That's fair. I think I was being too passive because I was, and I think part of it, it, again, it goes into, I was such a. It's like the chicken or the egg. Well, yeah, true. Because my, my 10 year relationship, I was always the one who spoke up, yeah. led the conversation. Hey, we need to talk. We need to talk. We need to talk. And I was trying to play a different role in not always being the one that leads the conversation, that maybe force is the right word. Like, I didn't force anything because I wanted to see if he would meet me where I'm at. Like, let's talk about this. Like, I shouldn't always be the first person that says, hey, there's an issue. We need to talk about it. Right. I was trying to see if it was a team, more of a team effort instead of always one-sided where I would always have to be the one that says, hey... We need to talk. Yeah. But because some of it is because some things he didn't know to rise to. But then when you did bring up things, it, it there was a lack of effort, enthusiasm. Response. Yeah. Any response whatsoever. Here's a picture of me. Yeah. Uh, here's a picture of a mountain. And, and <laughs> yes. And hey, here's another you, picture of a tree. Did you know the spaceship launched today? <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. Yes. But mm. you know... All of the moments where he wasn't responsive to me for days. That's an answer. It is an answer. But I think the other thing is this past relationship, because of all of those, the, the lack of response, it caused so much anxiety in me that I have never had before. Yeah. And I, I don't, and maybe I'm trying to connect dots where maybe there aren't any dots, but my childhood is sprinkled with many many moments of whenever my mom was mad at me for something she would give me the silent treatment for days oh and when i think about it i can't think of anybody else in my life that gives me the silent treatment when they're mad at me mm -hmm. and so like you know like i said like i think back to a lot of my past relationships and the people that i've dated and we've always been i think i would like to think because this is how i remember it but I like to think that when there was conflict, we were talking about con like other, about the issue. I never received the silent treatment from any of my partners. And in these moments where my recent person was not responding for days at a time, I think it caused me to have that same anxiety where someone who's supposed to care about me mm -hmm. is ignoring me and, you know, and so... I realized that that has become a non-negotiable for me. Yeah. That I cannot, like, I need you to talk to me or at least tell me 
acknowledge that, hey, maybe there is something going on. I'm not ready to talk about it. Yeah. But give me a heads up that, like, just don't ignore me for days. There's also some really interesting recreating old trauma patterns there. Like, things you haven't healed, you will, like, I 100% believe that. And we will talk about it in a hot second here when we get into these negotiables, non-negotiables. Um, we will constantly recreate those traumas and those uh, experience, like, experiential moments in relationships and traumas until we've learned our lesson. And whether it's, like, setting a boundary, you know, no, is there something we're we're not being true to in ourselves, and or something that was missing for us and we haven't acknowledged it? It's always like a fear. There's a fear-based something, and a lot of times it's a trauma something, and we will recreate those events and we will recreate that feeling in ourselves subconsciously because it's familiar to us, and we will do it and do it and do it until we face the demon head on, and identify it and say I don't want to do this anymore yeah and it was and I just came to this realization yesterday that's amazing because my mom has been giving me the silent treatment for the last four days and then I realized holy crap I'm having the same anxiety that I have that I haven't had for a while like I've never had like I haven't I've never been given the silent treatment by a partner an adult an adult uh and so i just it it came to me yesterday i'm like this anxiety is very familiar yeah and it reminds me of the anxiety that i felt the last couple months when my partner did not talk to me for a couple days yeah a non-negotiable for me is anxiety i'm not an anxious person by nature i don't think you really are either right which is also something that was so strange to me because i'm usually not and i've become one if something's and, causing myself to have that reaction deep inside me where I'm shaking and my I'm getting heart palpitations, I'm losing appetite, I have no concentration, there's a, a list of things that I remember experiencing when my last long-term relationship, like the last year of it, maybe more, um... Oh my gosh, if I get any vibes like that, even the last guy I hung out with a few times, I was getting these vibes of, oh, this is really familiar. Oh, that's not good. Mm. <laughs> like if I'm if I'm getting the vibe that I've already dated this guy, not literally, but I've already dated this guy. Where this he is, of, where his yeah. head is, where all of these things are, I've dated this guy. That, that's not good. We don't want to do that. Keep and moving. See, that's a really healthy perspective. I really appreciate where you're coming. You've you've gotten to a place where you can recognize and acknowledge, right? It's one thing to know what your patterns are or what your history is or what your red flags or what your, you know, non-negotiables are. It's another to take it one step further and be able to identify and recognize in it. In real time. In real time. That's the thing. Like I said, like, I'm now, what, seven weeks out from my breakup and now I'm starting to realize, wow, that... That's why I was feeling anxious. I couldn't put it into words and maybe yeah. that's why I was so quiet and I held back because I couldn't put it into words yeah. until yesterday, yeah. you know, and I'm sure I'll come up with more revelations, but I want to be able to get to where you are, where you can recognize it in real time. Yeah, it's, it's been a journey, but it's, and it's, it's a lot of self-help. It's like I found groups and people to talk to when I was going through all of that stuff and I've just kind of continued that journey of 
mindfulness and um, self-assessing and really it's just a lot a lot of mindfulness it's a lot of like what am I feeling and diving into it because for so so long I had decided uh, like I was just unable to be able to directly handle a lot of the emotions and the heavy stuff that was flung my way as a small kid and by broken adults around me and you know just poor patterns I learned in how to relationship if you will (laughs) I just I didn't have the the ideal examples and unlearning or learning that none of that had to do with me and then learning that I I'm now I'm not that little kid anymore I'm safe I'm an adult and I am responsible for making myself feel safe and not relying on someone else to do that for me relieves a lot of that anxiety or did for me um and just again feeling all the all the feels and if they're whether they're good or bad figuring out where they came from and if I don't like it if it's a bad feel if I'm like oh what am I feeling there like what fear is this bringing up for me what is this trigger and what am I going to do about it right that's where I'm at I well not really there I'm working towards that the first thing is just asking those questions, right? Like, let's sit in it yeah. and ask those questions about what are you feeling, what do you need, and where do you go from there? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of that. What What's being triggered with yeah. me right now? Uh-huh. And so, identifying them as step one. Yes. So, yay, step one. I'm on the first step. Yay. Uh, but, yeah. So It's only up from here. Yeah, it can only go up from here. Woo, woo. So, yeah. Non-negotiable for me. I actually was hoping... For myself to start off with something fun and lighthearted, but we dived right in. <laughs> and so a non-negotiable for me is, you know, um, like like you said, anxiety and speaking up about it mm-hmm. and no silent treatment. I can, I, I, I need, I know we had talked a little bit earlier about how like I'm not that great with words, but I do need to communicate. Like yeah. that is a non-negotiable. It seems like it would be an assumption that, yeah, if you're going to be in a relationship, you talk. I didn't realize that in a relationship, talking and conversation and communication is a very conscious thing and that there can be a lack of communication. And so communication is a huge non-negotiable. Like, if you're in a relationship with me, we got to talk. Like, I I can't, I just can't handle the silent treatment and the anxiety that it comes with. Yeah, you have to be able to talk with me. You, You have to be okay with me talking about anything and everything. Yes. And... I sometimes uh, I will just think things through out loud, whether it be what to have for dinner or, you know, big, big life decisions, you know. But yeah, I agree. Words of affirmation is a top love language for me. And that's really tied to communicating. Like we just talked about it. When I see you thinking through an answer, I'm like, tell me what you're thinking. (laughs) Just say say it out loud. (laughs) I know. And I'm trying to. It's actually really nice. Like, and I think I clammed up a little bit in the last couple months because again, my ex mentioned one night that sometimes I, one of the things that he got annoyed about was that I talk about random stuff that are irrelevant or that make no sense, or that I'm just talking just to fill dead space. Ew. And I think that triggered me a lot because I'm like, I don't talk just to talk. I'm talking because I'm talking through what's on my mind. Um, And so I think, again, there's moments that I didn't even know that happened in the moment during our Mm -hmm. relationship that actually 
impacted me. Yeah, really a lot sounds deeper. like it dug at you. Yeah, it dug at me a lot deeper than I realized it did. Huh. So therapy's good. It's but good now to know I'm that. glad I have two therapists. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to know that. Like you have to identify it. So yeah. causing me anxiety is definitely yeah. a non negotiable. Um do you have any other big ones or I mean I have so many negotiables. See, that's the thing. When 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 we were talking about this episode, I was trying to figure out, I'm a pretty negotiable, like most things are pretty negotiable. It was very yeah. hard for me to sit down and really think about what are my non-negotiables. But you are a little more non-negotiable than I am. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, I'm running your dating profile. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I do have a, well, okay. So a non-negotiable for me is, smoking tobacco okay just because i'm a dentist and i really want my partner to have teeth and that breath and the breath and the terrible and cancer you know it's just you know if we're gonna have a life together i want you to be alive yeah if we're gonna have reducing risk factors i want you to have teeth because i love to smile and i want you to smile and i want to kiss a mouth that has teeth in it she wants to kiss a mouth that has teeth in it i think it's tiger sharks need not apply i think they're the toothless ones i think they are too yeah so um and i say smoking tobacco just because like i i don't i'm really negotiable when it comes to marijuana like yeah like pipes and cigars because those are so sporadic and you know no one smokes a pipe do people still smoke pipes yeah people still smoke but it's tobacco in the pipes Right. And cigars are tobacco. So, yeah. like, that's why I'm like, Meh. The yeah. only thing I can probably put up with, with is with marijuana just because it's such a... Well, tobacco is too. But marijuana has a lower risk factor of death, of losing teeth. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm okay with marijuana as long as, you know, maybe if you smoke it, I might not hang around because it smells. But if you use it like an edible, I'm negotiable on that. So, yeah. That's why I say smoking tobacco, just because tobacco is a high risk factor for cancer and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. You talking about being okay with people who smoke weed makes me think, you're like, maybe you smoke it every day. That might be a little bit much. Yeah. I think you were insinuating that. I was thinking one of my non-negotiables is ambition. Oh. And. I agree. If you're not ambitious towards life. Mm-hmm. you're not a good match for me. That's on my list. Passions or hobbies that don't negatively impact our financial security. So gambling. Exactly. That's a great... <laughs> <laughs> so like, you know, passions that actually will... It, it, it makes you happy but doesn't hurt. Strippers. <laughs> Keep going. This is like uh, the $10,000 pyramid or whatever. $100,000 pyramid. It's like, I'm just listing all the things. And you're like, what are yes. things that impact my financial freedom? Yes. <laughs> but ambition, but on the, uh, you know, on the yeah. other side is like, if you have passions or hobbies. So finances is one of my non-negotiables. It actually fell into the responsibility oh, category. right. Okay, I like, like that. I have to have a person who is responsible. And by that, I mean, takes ownership for their actions um, and in responsibility, it was money. Um, if you have debt, is it what I would consider common, like a home and a car? Or do you have 10, 20, 50, 80, $100,000 in credit card debt? 
Um, you know, school loans are pretty normal. Right. And by the time you get to our age, people are chipping away at them pretty good. But um, yeah, responsibility is a big one for me. Responsible for yourself, your actions, and your words. Got to be responsible for all of those. And if I tell you that one of them is bringing up concerns to me, I expect you to ask me questions about why that concerns me, hear out my fears, and then tell me if what I'm saying is true or not. And then work together to... Decide if you need, right. you know, we or you, somebody needs to course correct. Right. And that's the other thing too, right? Like whatever that negotiable or non-negotiable is, when we share what our fears are or what our needs are, I would like to think that we are a team. So whatever I need to support you or whatever I need from you to support me, I would like to think that, I would like to believe that we're in it together. Yes. One of my favorite people here in Phoenix, and I hope she guests on this pod someday, um, one of my, I should say favorite like new friends, people I've met, um, Tess, actually, she and her partner, she revealed this, I think, on her Instagram. And at her wedding, she actually gave away coffee mugs. And on one side of it, she wrote this phrase that she and her now husband say to each other. I think they do these sessions where I've heard other couples do this and I've sort of adopted it. Like if I'm going to be in a long-term relationship, it's something I aim to do. I do look at relationships as sort of a business Mm -hmm. partnership. Mm -hmm. They're very similar to a business partnership, like romance fizzles and... I mean, you can keep it alive. We can go into a whole other topic episode about that. One of the things that they do during these check-ins is they say, how can I make you feel loved today? Yeah. And it's just the sweetest fucking thing. And I just really like that they, the one person might not be feeling anything, but you still check in and ask with them. Like, you don't have to wait until something goes wrong to check in. I know. I've, that's been on my mind a lot uh, because... I learned from one of my mentors, she said that her her and her husband have been together for 35 years, and every week they have a Starbucks date, and they get their drink at Starbucks, and they sit down at a table together, just like a date, and they talk about one thing that the other person did that week that made them feel loved. Okay. They talk about, and then they share, like, is there one thing that the other person could do to help make their life, their day, a little bit better. Um, and if it's just one thing, like they, they aim to share one of, you know, one of each of those things during their Starbucks date together. Okay. And it's like a weekly check-in with each other. That's so cute. I think it's so adorable. I love it. And um, I agree. That's something I, the check-in, I would like to do and implement in a long-term relationship. Nice. Me too. Same. Same Z's. I have one that is a negotiable and a non-negotiable at the same time okay it is religion Ooh, yes because religion has actually ended a relationship for me oh tell me more. i know i have some friends who similar but um when we first started dating this person and i it wasn't made apparent to me it was like a it was like a a non-negotiable that they didn't express to me they maybe just weren't aware or thought that didn't realize it was a a non-negotiable for them so this person is christian and likes to go to church on sundays and at some point eventually expressed to me that they wanted that out of a partner and it's not something i desire to do i don't 
I, I'm not against it if people want to go to church and every Sunday or, you know, maybe we even go twice a week sometimes. I don't know. How do people do those things? But how often does church happen? I'm not sure. You know, there, I think it's all online now. It is, but there's different sessions. So like there's Sunday yeah. with everyone who's allowed, you know, anyone can go. And then there are like specific sessions throughout the week for, you know, women for men, oh. for singles, for couples. So there's different sessions that you can go to. Oh, wow. The only reason why I know about this is because my brother is Christian. Oh, and that's right. Yes. And he would like me to be Christian. And he would like me to marry someone who's Christian. And you're like, stop trying to colonize me, bitch. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think he'd appreciate those words, but I've used similar words that are um, not... That, I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. I like it. Okay, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it for I guess for me it would be a, it's a negotiable, non-negotiable. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't really. To be honest, I can't think of a religion that I'm anti. Like I'm, I'm not anti anyone practicing a religion. I think Agreed. everyone gets their faith and fills up their little spiritual bank, however they choose to do so. Um, as long as it doesn't impact me in a negative way. Um, or it's harmful to others. Right. Totally. You can right go there to the extremes you. of anything. But um, it being that it actually did end a relationship for me, it's a negotiable, non-negotiable. Like if it's a non-negotiable for you, you need to state that right up front. You need yes, to please. let a person know like, here's what I expect. Here's what I want to do. And I'm like, I don't get a lot of free time working a full-time gig and a couple of side gigs. I, it's nothing against yeah. your church. It is nothing against your religion. I don't wish to spend three hours of my 48 uh, in a church. The whole time they're up there talking, referencing God as a he, I'm sitting there going, or she, in my head. Oh my goodness, sometimes I do that a lot too, and I actually verbalize it to many people, and then I get a look. A look, or a couple of words that, you know, so I, or, or a lecture. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm just, I'm so... I don't even have the word for it right now. I'm, I'm very uh, anti most organized religions. And it, maybe that stems from my American Indian background. Like we are more spiritual people than like praying to a deity, so to speak. Like worshiping one God. Right. I think that's, you know, I've mentioned it in a couple other, yeah. in a couple other, in another episode that we've had, but you know, I, my background stems from Eastern religions where there are multiple gods or there's different, mm-hmm. um, different ways of praying or, you know, practicing life, living life, you know? Yeah. So it's very hard for me to just, uh, to kind of just align myself with one yeah. Western religion, I guess. Um, but I would agree. It's a negotiable, non-negotiable. I'm not going to... It's negotiable for like, me. If you want to practice and be all in it, great. But if it is a non-negotiable for you, let's not... Yeah. And even if it's negotiable in what the other person wants, like if they're cool having their religion and me not necessarily yeah. jumping in and converting or whatever it mm-hmm. might be... It also rolls into if you want to have kids. So it's that's another pretty much a non-negotiable for most couples is whether or not they want children. And religion is an aspect of that because how are you going to raise kids? If you both want children, how are you going to raise your kids? If you have differences in religion, you have to come to these agreements early on. So since you brought up the whole children thing, 
Show Are you pregnant? <laughs> Again? I'm going to ask you this every episode. Every episode. <laughs> That's uh, going to be something for merch. I'm so excited. <laughs> Is she knocked up yet? <laughs> Well, that's what my brother keeps asking because he <laughs> wants to have, be an uncle. But first, I got to find a husband. Oh, boy. Anyways. No, you won't. I mean, it's cute that you're traditional like that. But just for It's everyone, cute that my brother and my mom are traditional like that. I mean, it's cute that I just want our listeners to know you don't have to have a husband to have a Correct. baby. Oh, yes. Girl power. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, You know, that would be. So, I don't know. Have we ever talked about this? But sometime last year, I don't know if I brought it up to you. Last year, I was actually thinking about freezing my eggs. You did mention. Okay, yeah. so that might be a good episode, but I just wanted to bring you up that, yes, you don't need to have a husband to have kids, you you know, and you don't even have to have a husband to have your own kids. You can freeze your eggs, and we can talk about that later. Dude, if you get your eggs harvested, we're videoing it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, shucks. It's going on. <laughs> oh, shucks. It's going on the channels. <laughs> Patreon, though. Yeah, I just want to film you high as a guy. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, children. Yes. Um, negotiable, non-negotiable. Since you brought it up, let's talk about that as a topic. Kids are kind of a negotiable for me. I've never been the person, and I tell this to any guy who asks me. I don't. Um, so the whole world gets to know. I don't. I'm not hard line in the sand on whether or not I'm going to have kids. I'm sort of at that point in life though where it's like shit or get off the pot, like. There's just not a lot of viable eggs happening a whole lot of years coming. So, um, yeah, it's sort of like, you know, I, my window is closing and that's fine. I'm not upset about the way my life has gone in any way. And I'm, I'm really open to people dating people who have kids, um, people who've been through marriages that have ended and they have kids, um, I actually almost like that versus a guy who's never been married or never been in a long-term relationship that ever got to the like point of even being engaged. Like even if you got engaged and you were like, "Whoa, what are we doing? We've grown out of this. We don't need to get married." But like if you've actually done the damn thing, got married, had the kids, did the stuff, I think those people tend to have learned a bit about who they are and what they want out of a person and what they don't want out of a person. Um, and they've made the commitment, you know, barring your some philandering asshole and you're just (laughs) cheating on your partner all the time but um I almost prefer somebody who's maybe been married kids I kids just kind of take your leave it like if somebody has little kids or has kids right now that's great like it's just a ready-made family and I'll just like slide (laughs) right into that family photo (laughs) so I like how you had mentioned and you kind of segued into another possible negotiable non-negotiable question is you know having that past mm-hmm. relationship and how deep it's gotten, right? Yeah. I think for someone who has gone through a long-term relationship, knows what commitment is like, yeah. knows more about what they like and what they don't like, they've learned, like, for someone who's been through a long-term relationship and have gone through some of those commitments, like marriage, engagement. Have you gone past the six-month right. hump? Right. Anybody. But also, like, those that have experienced heartbreak, too. Yes. They've learned a lot from, like, they, hopefully they've grown from that, but they've learned a lot as well. And I think people who have not experienced long-term relationships or have gone through heartbreak. So I don't want to say, like, you haven't gone through something, like, put a time limit on it. But if you haven't gone through the ups and downs of a relationship, Mm -hmm. the heartbreaks versus, you know, as well as the good times, like, 
I've been through that and I know how, you know, it, it, I'd like to say that it's made me a much more conscious partner. And I would like to think that's, I, I need somebody who's also gone through ups and downs so they recognize that it takes conscious effort in a relationship and that they can be a conscious partner. Um, I've been with some people who I don't know if they've ever been through heartbreak and mm. if they've never gone through the downs of a relationship. Red flag. Yeah. If, they've, if, if you're getting a guy over 30 who hasn't experienced heartbreak, red flag. Run in the other direction because this is an emotionally unavailable person. They just aren't capable of feeling anything deeply and that's why they've never experienced it. That's not a normal, I hate using the word normal, but that's not the type of person if you've grown and you've come through those things and you're at the point where you're a feeling person and you want to be with a feeling person and you start dating somebody who's 32 and up, and hasn't ever experienced heartbreak, like you're an emotionally unavailable person. Yeah. That's definitely one thing I've learned this year about yeah. that. Like if all you've ever experienced, if all this, you know, like someone you're dating has only experienced things that are um, short term or, you know, fizzled out just as fast as they started, like that's, those are kind of narcissist tendencies and red flags for sure. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> I don't think I've said it at all this episode. Oh shit. I did it. It was me. <laughs> family is another uh what For you call negotiable nego- non-negotiable negotiable non-negotiable. Okay. Yeah, so <laughs> I have mentioned before that I have moved across the country. And that wasn't to get away from my family, although I do joke half truthfully that uh, the holidays are amazing. I live alone here, (laughs) so I don't have to do the family thing. So it also kind of makes it easy on my partner if they do have family in town, there's no bickering about where we go. Um, That being said, if if I'm dating somebody who has severed ties from their family, I'm really curious to know more about that and where it came from and how how they've processed it. If it still hurts them, like if it's still a you know, something that they wish wasn't that way or if they've written it off and they don't care. Um, Also, I cannot have a mama's boy. So if mom is doing your laundry, you know, you live on your own, but you're taking your laundry and dropping it off at your mom's house or you're at mom's beck and call 24-7, like she wants anything and you just drop everything and go hang out with your mom at 30 plus, 40 years old, or even, you know, anywhere between 30. Like I had an ex who was like 30 to 35 and literally had to do everything his mother asked him to do. And it, it was because it, there was a lot of emotional manipulation there and it was just really unhealthy. And I, I've just, I come to realize I can't, I can't deal with somebody who doesn't th- that person doesn't have good boundaries so that's basically what that boils down to no mama's boys nobody who's not a grown-up all on their own independent thinker and good boundary setter yeah we're falling back on boundaries no no problem at all yeah that's the family thing for me but you also have to be, you have to be okay with me going to visit yeah. my family a couple times a year so family is a negotiable non-negotiable for me i come from a 
a background where it's important to stay close to family. We celebrate most holidays together. And I'll asterisk that your family has a hierarchy in it. It does have a hierarchy. Similar to work environment. Yes, for sure. Oh, I said it. (laughs) And so I'm trying to figure out how many times I say for sure in this episode, (laughs) because in the previous episode, I'm pretty sure you probably got drunk in the first 15 minutes because I said for sure so many times. (laughs) Uh, But anyways, so family, I think is really important in terms of I need my partner to value family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I came from, you know, and, and, I, and I contrast because really these are the two more recent relationships that I've had is, you know, my 10-year relationship and the one that's recent. You know, it's one thing for you to sever ties with your family but still appreciate, like, forever, whatever reason. There's many, many reasons why you may sever ties with a family. Right. But if you still have that value of family because – if you're going to be my partner, like, I'm your family. Like, you're my family. I, I want to know that family is important to you and you know what that that word means to you. Or at least I know what that word means to you because yeah. that actually is a, a commitment type of word to me. Yeah. And so you may not literally have ties to your own blood family, but I want you to have some sense of family and know that it's, you know, and to you that it is valuable. Mm-hmm. Because if we have kids... I want you to be a good parent. I want you to be a good partner to me, uh, you know, as we take care of our kids and our family. And if you have kids, again, it's a healthy relationship with in-laws and grandparents. Right. Exactly. So that's why um, I've, you know, I've learned that now, again, another realization is when somebody shuts down when they talk about their family... That's a major red flag. Mm-hmm. And me asking questions and me wanting to know more, if you can't answer those questions or allow me to be into your, allow me into your world of that, then that's another red flag as well. And I, I that's probably, that's a non-negotiable part for me. Like mm-hmm. if you have problems with your family, like let me know about that so I can better understand if it is a non-negotiable for me or not. Can I understand where you're coming from? Can I be there to support you for that? Yeah. When I said mama's boy, I mean like if your mother is a disabled person. Right. Yeah. If your mother doesn't drive, if there are needs that you are meeting for that parent that can't be met in other ways, that's... That's explainable. Right. It makes sense. That's not what I'm talking about, right. non-negotiables mm-hmm. or mama's boy stuff. That's like I'm talking about I'm talking about codependency yep. and enmeshment, if we want to get technical about it. I'm talking about Oh, and enmesh- I wasn't going there, but you make a good point. These are good words to bring up. Yeah, I'm talking topics. about codependency mm-hmm. and enmeshment where people can't seem to separate the relationship boundaries and where it should where it where it's parenting and where it's crossing the line. So I, I, uh, I'm the person who has like tons and tons of actual negotiables. Like I don't get too tied up in, I don't get too tied up in height. I am a taller person. Um, it's funny. Even tall guys will be like, how tall are you? (laughs) Which is funny. (laughs) Yeah. How tall are you? (laughs) Almost five nine. Yeah. Almost five nine. So fairly tall. And then when I put heels or shoes or boots or anything like that on, I'm pretty tall so I like I tend to be drawn to taller people just because like you're literally on my level <laughs> so like, and you're a literal person <laughs> I am I am so literal 
Um, I love that. <laughs> um, so I'm not too into height, hair color, eye color. You know, you don't have to be an engineer or a doctor. We have friends who culturally, like, literally will only date doctors on some level. And it's it's fascinating to me to hear them that have that type of requirement because it's not me. I've dated everybody from what I, what, what I think a lot of people would consider very good-looking guys. A lot of my exes look similar, so maybe I have a type and I don't know. Well, I lie. So my, a lot of my exes are six foot tall, blonde hair and blue eyes. It's very, (laughs) to the point where in the story I mentioned in the last pod, my girlfriend ran into a stranger at the club who was six foot tall, blonde hair and blue eyed guy. And she thought he was my ex. That's how (laughs) similar there's at least three or four of my exes look like that. Like very, very all American. But if you were to ask me what I like, I would probably, I would have said tall, dark, and handsome. You know, I would have said like other things, but I end up dating all these blonde hair, blue eye guys. And, but I've dated tons of guys all over the place. They're not all quite six foot. And, you know, some of them darker hair, darker eyes, different nationalities and backgrounds all over the place. But, uh, yeah. So I don't think I have, um, a type like that. I mean, if they're basically the only thing that's the same across most all of my exes is they're addicts. So <laughs> if you have addiction problems, you're my type. I don't care what you look like. I'm into it. Let's go. <laughs> Booze, drugs, pills. Love Bring it addi- on. Bring love it addiction. On. <laughs> I'm in. Let's let's fight. <laughs> let's have weird. Sh- yeah. Yeah. Which is funny because on the dating app, I think I mentioned this to you, um, on the dating app, I'm getting a lot of matches from sober people. Right. Yeah. You had mentioned that earlier. It's a, it's an area I don't know much about. You know, it's a great time to be outside your comfort zone. I And I'm chatting with a few of them. Mm. That's all I'll say about you that. you chatting with anybody for me? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Not today. I'm, I'm so, you know, it's so funny because I've only been on the apps like a week? Like a week. <laughs> and I was only really on there for the first three days, and then you've been on it since. And I have become really busy, and I'm not really... You're incredibly disenchanted yeah. straight out of the gate. <laughs> and that's how I was, too. I didn't... I found them overwhelming, and it's just there's so much happening. and There is. I, I'm not there. I don't think I'm... And it's like the acceptance and rejection thing is weird. It's hard not to get sucked into that. Like want like I'm constantly tweaking my profile. I'm I'm a perfectionist though, mm. to a fault almost at a, a lot of things. And it's always like, what is the right combination of prompts, pictures, and in which order? You know. Okay, so I love we're going to talk about, about dating profiles I, I in love another hearing, episode. I love hearing about all the tweaks that you do, but like. <laughs> I, I tweak everything. I, know, I love it. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for you to tweak mine because I I made my profiles and I have not tweaked them at all. Have you already tweaked some of <laughs> <laughs> that face? And so, like, no, I, I'm not a tweaker. <laughs> <laughs> Last year when I was active, more active and actually had fun on the apps, I guess. Corresponding. I, you know, and, like, yeah. actually engaged. Maybe oh, that's engaging. a better word. There I was engaging in the apps. Um, I was tweaking and... Ding. You um, weren't... Tweaking in the drug sense. Oh, is that a is that a is that a drug word? Yes. <laughs> oh, now it makes sense. I didn't know. Tweaking is like the meth 
at like a oh. meth addict when they're tweaking. Oh, they're, I thought that was um. It's like a twitch. It's twitching, like tweaking. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. They're tweaking. Okay. They're high. They're rolling. Oh yeah. no, I'm I'm not, I'm not an addict. Or they're addict. coming down and they're itching for more. I'm I, no, I didn't really tweak oh, my you were tweaking profile, your profile much okay. last year. I maybe changed a little bit about it, but I do enjoy hearing about all your tweaks of I, yours. So I play with those things so much. I play with descriptors. Yeah. I'm such a freaking wordy, literal nut. I I I can't stand it if my words don't convey exactly what I want in every moment. Yeah, I'm not like that. I am. I get so <laughs> hung up on those little details. It's a perfectionism thing. It's a, it's it's a trauma response. I'm sure. <laughs> like trying not to draw a lot of attention to myself by always being kind of the good kid. Um, but yeah, I I constantly adjust. I adjust to a lot of areas in my life because I am a perfectionist due to a trauma response. But maybe it's just I'm not engaged in these apps, so yeah, I haven't really that. made any tweaks. Yeah, uh, but I definitely do. But yeah, uh, uh, yeah. But, so if you oh, got these yeah. six foot tall blonde, hot, blue eyed, I'll keep an eye out. Hair, blue eyed guys who might have addiction mm-hmm. issues, send me. them your way. <laughs> I I don't. Oh, so I think I have a type. But if you, you look think at you have a type. So I didn't realize I had a type until I started swiping last year. Yeah. But if you look at all of the people I've dated in the past, they are all different heights, all different ethnicities. How varying is the height? Uh, anywhere from 5'6 okay. to 6'1. Okay. Um, Asian, Latino, You've dated Caucasian. Asians? Yes. Oh my god! My I college no... boyfriend of three and a half years. Oh my god! I had no idea. Asian. What? My high school boyfriend of two and a half years. Asian. Okay. And um, yeah. And then my ten year relationship was Latino. Yeah. I guess so. You can say that Hispanic or Latino, whatever. South American. Central American. Central American. Yeah. Sorry, that's what. Central I meant. American. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, uh, but then the last year and a half, it's been. White dudes. White dudes. Blonde or dark haired, whichever one. Yeah. But uh, anywhere from like 5'10 to 6 feet. So like yeah. height's not really, but usually it's always been someone my height or or taller. Okay. I don't think I've ever dated anybody who was shorter than me. I have not. And it's not. Yeah. I might have gone out with people like once or twice that were a little bit shorter than me. And I dated one guy once who was right at my height. So when I was in heels, I was taller than him. But um, yeah, I don't think I mind it. More. No. It's usually on them. And it's usually the other person's yeah. inadequacies and insecurity mm-hmm. that they have a problem with it more than I do. I mean, look at Sophie Turner and Joe Jonas. She's yes. got inches on him. And it's adorable yes so yeah so no i i'm very like you know like i said like i like to think that based on my dating history i don't have a type but if you look at my recent dating or not even recent dating just my recent swiping (laughs) it's mostly five foot ten or above white guys that are mostly dirty blonde hair or dark haired so um and actively outdoors and and outdoors um what's really i see outdoors photos and i'm like nope Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Why? If four out of your pictures are you like hiking, <clears throat> hiking's not bad. Every dude puts a fucking hiking photo up. But if like four out of your six pictures or more are you camping, hiking, kayaking, 
I don't know. What else do people do outside? Fishing? Yeah. Oh, God, gross. I hate when I see fishing photos. The last thing I want to see is your hand in some poor dead animal's oh, yeah. mouth. And, like, I just, I can't with if it. If I see hunting photos, I, I, I'm a no for that. 100%. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Today I got one that said, a non-negotiable for me. And he filled it out and said, I'm a Trump supporter. Ooh. And that was his top prompt. Underneath it hey, is. he knows what his non-negotiables are. 100%. I will glad, you know. And I, it was a, it was one of the fastest no's I've ever done. <laughs> I'm more, these days, um, I look for character traits mm-hmm. that and, and values, things that align with me, like my center, align with who I am. Not as much what. I think when we're younger, we focus on what. Like, do you like the same music I do? Do yep. you like the same movies I do? Do you like to do all the same fucking things I do? I don't want somebody who does all the same fucking things I do. Go away and let me do my shit on my yeah. own sometimes. I just want to... You and know. then also the other thing is like I want the partner or you know our partner to have dif- like different likes because then when we come together we can actually share and l- like I love yes. I want to learn yes. from my partner. Teach so me something. One of the things that I have that have attracted me to different people this past year and a half or whatnot of dating is I like to date people that have different passions and different hobbies because I actually really want to learn about different things like I want to expand my horizons I want to grow I want to find out like oh do I really like that or do I not like that but I won't know if I do until I know about it learn about it and I want to be taught by someone that's my partner because I trust them Mm -hmm. you know so um you're right I don't want a person who likes everything I like. No. Because it does get boring. Like, obviously there should be some similarities, some, you know, some give and take. You might not like the things I do, but be willing to experience them with me and vice versa. Yeah. Do your, does your Venn diagram, do your circles overlap Mm -hmm. on the important stuff? And what you said about varying, varying likes and interests, maybe that's another reason that if you have four or five or all six of your pictures doing the same fucking thing, I think you're one note. Mmm, that's a very good point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you had mentioned how, like, now that we're older and the whole dating thing versus when we're teenagers and looking for character traits, Mm -hmm. I think it's because it goes down to, like, if you have those morals, the similar morals that, you know, the shared morals or the shared traits, it helps set the tone for everything else in your relationship in terms of, like, decision-making or how you approach life. Mm -hmm. Because all of those things... They come from similar or shared or understood traits or mindsets. And when you're younger, you might be looking for more of a status. So you want to date the young, hot XYZ. I mean, I still want to date the young, hot. (laughs) But um, they have to be a pretty grown young, hot Mm -hmm. at this point. Um, You really have to be solid in yourself and share like you said some we have to have some things in common to come together on it otherwise it's boring and you have to have some differences you have to be able to light each other up in a way like if you don't have a passion if you're not passionate about anything that's that's ties into ambition for me Mm -hmm. and it's it's a non-negotiable if you have zero passions you can't think of anything fun anything that you like to do for fun um, if I start a conversation with you on the dating app and I reply to one of your prompts and you just hit the button back to match without talking back to me, hello, is this thing on? Like what's happening right now? So yeah, ambition, passion, 
excitement for life. You really have to have an energy level for me to be interested in you. Like you have to be a pretty excited person for life. Like one of my best friends, Ben, almost always just on. He calls me and I answer the phone. He's like, Mandy, how the heck are ya? It's just like, I cannot help but smile on the other side. And that kind of energy is contagious right it, is. it, it invites and I'm an empath. you like, yeah. i need that it it's inviting it says yeah. that hey i want to know about you i you know i care about this conversation we're having yes i'm putting effort into this conversation we're having yes and 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 it calls you to action as well because when you have someone who is showing that level of excitement or energy most people are going to want to match that right and i think maybe that's why sometimes i get a little I mean, even just the first couple days I was on the dating apps, I got really disengaged very quickly because I might like a photo or I might like make a comment and it would just be, hey. Oh my God. Or hey. I was just like, how do I respond to a hey? <laughs> with you know? A, with the emoji of a horse. Oh gosh. Because hey is for horses. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should start. That's a good response. I'm bringing it back. Because, but see, I'm not... I get hey, and I'm not even interested anymore. I am done. Not, no. I get hey, and I'm like, I'm not a horse. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's for, I'm, I'm bringing it back. Third oh. grade, here we go. I, see, I need to have a little spunk like that. <laughs> I do not have spunk like that. I don't have the patience for it, because I'm like, I'm not here to just say hey to you. Right, yeah. We're going to go into a whole episode yeah. on dating profiles and... You had all of the all of the that stuff and moving through the dating profiles and chatting, matching, flirting. Um, but that was a good talk on negotiables, non-negotiables. I think we covered a yeah. lot. Uh, I would love to hear from our listeners about yeah. some of the maybe if there are any or if there were any uh, non-negotiables or negotiables that yeah. we haven't talked about that they want to highlight or comment about. Absolutely. Yeah. Give us your wildest negotiable or non-negotiable. Give us your wildest non-negotiable. Oh, I learned a non-negotiable for me is pets in the bed. Ooh. I never dated anybody who let their pets, pet, pets. I never dated anybody who let their pets sleep in the bed with them until this year. And I did not love it. Um, dogs move around a lot. Like I've heard other people talk about this, but I'd never experienced it. So I was, you know, in the beginning I was, well, sure, I'll give it a whirl. I don't know what this is like. And it was fucking terrible. So it's so n- never going to happen for me again. I would like to share that oftentimes that could be an owner issue because I used to, so I used I'm to not have four dogs. It wasn't in this case. <laughs> I used to have four dogs. And uh, I had a bedroom specifically for my dogs, and when I slept in there, they like I would sleep with. They would be in the bed, but they I taught them to stay still when they slept in bed with me, so they didn't move around. Yeah, I can't handle a dog literally wiggling around under the covers in between my feet, <laughs> and I'm pretty allergic to cats, so yeah. having a cat laying anywhere near my head that's not good and you know cats like to wake you up by like jumping on your fucking head all the time that That is why i don't have cats it's a negative for me Mm. it's yeah i have to know that your pet is nowhere near your bed not to mention they walk around they're 
I have a cleanliness thing about it. They just, they're everywhere outside and then they're everywhere inside and they put their little starfish butthole on everything. And <laughs> I'm just like starfish butthole. Oh my gosh. It does look like a starfish butthole. A little balloon knot. You know, um, I have a fun, I don't know if it's a fun, funny, like just a weird, uh, non-negotiable. Yes. But again, it goes back to me and my dental ways. But I realized that I really need someone who flosses his teeth. Bam. It goes, again. You just weeded out 98% of <laughs> adult males. But see, here's the thing. Okay, so here's my argument. One is, again, it goes back to the whole listeners, tobacco thing. Listeners, right? how often are you flossing? Yes. Please be flossing every night. And um, ask that of your partner as well. Uh, so, again, flossing is very important to keep your teeth. Yeah. Flossing is really important to uh, have fresh breath. And then, you know, I don't think it's that big of, I don't, I, for me, that's a small potato. Like, I would like to hope that I'm worth. The two minutes the, a day? Yes. Four minutes if you count the brushing. Right. No. Oh, no, yeah. So it's just like, please. Fellas, how many hours are you spending at the gym every week? <laughs> Working on and, your vanity muscles? And it's not even like, it helps you more than it helps me. Honestly? Yeah. So do it, like, if you don't want to do it for you, do it for me. Or if you don't want to do it for me, do it for you. Mm-hmm. But I uh, I went back and forth between It's like whether try or not. it for 30 days. And if you absolutely hate the outcome, never floss again. What the fuck do I care? Yeah. But it's important. Yeah. Like I could not be with somebody if they didn't. Like that's like not brushing your teeth. Right. Just good oral hygiene. Good hygiene in general. Just good hygiene in general. Are you like a stinky, messy person? You're not my person. You're probably someone else's. You're just not, not mine. mine. So. Yeah. Should we play a game? Yes. Let's play a game. Uh, we will play Would You Rather. Okay. I like it. Would you rather... Snort every time you laugh on a first date. I love when you snort. I snort. You snort. I'm a snorter, so I, like, I don't. And like, I own it. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> I, I laugh even more when I do it. I'm like, ah, shit. <laughs> so would you snort every time you laugh on a first date or share an intimate first kiss after eating a salad with onions, garlic, and blue cheese dressing? <laughs> I threw up a little in my mouth. Um, would I rather snort every time I laugh on a first date or share a kiss, an intimate kiss, after eating garlic, onions, and blue cheese? <clears throat> Let's just assume it's bl- vegan blue cheese. Yes. And would, so here's the thing. Whenever I'm dating somebody and I want to eat pita jungle... I will only, I, I will typically try to eat the pita jungle on a night when we're eating together. That way we both taste the same. Mm. So I have a strategy for this. I like this. your strategy. If I want to eat something garlicky, I make sure the person I'm dating also eats it because then they're not going to be offended by this makeout session. Good and, point. And Very makeout sessions point. with me are always hot. Mm. So, Listeners, did you hear that? Hot. Makeout sessions with Mandy <laughs> are always hot. Oh, I, I didn't say it like that. Hot. Hot. <laughs> it's a hard T. Hot. It's two T's. Hot. It's two T's. Hot. <laughs> Hot. <laughs> so neither one of those is crazy to me, but I would probably snort every time I laugh. I'd probably go with the kiss because one snort is cute, but I think if I'm 
pig laughing the whole time. <laughs> I don't think that's getting me a second date. And I think beyond the first kiss, even if it's an oniony garlicky one, that would be forgiven because probably I've been eating with this person and they saw what I ate. So they might think I'm making poor decisions. <laughs> I would never eat raw onions on a date ever. Mm, I don't eat raw onions, period. Same. I hate them. I do like garlic. I don't like blue cheese dressing. Yeah, I don't. I don't do blue cheese dressing unless it's a vegan, vegan blue cheese, yeah. and that's pretty rare to come by these days. So I, I would definitely go with the kiss after eating something stinky versus snorting every time I laugh because I'm going to laugh a lot. And if I'm snorting every time, I'm going to get sick of me. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Okay. Your turn. And at least I get to make out with the other option. <laughs> Hot. Would you rather, I wrote this down somewhere. Where did I write it down? Okay. Would you rather live without sex or hot sauce for five years? (laughs) Did you make this question up specifically for me? I did. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Because I knew it would be hard. It would be very hard. Sex or hot sauce, which are you giving up? Five years. Oh my goodness. I almost made it 20 years. Then I was like, no, be reasonable. The look on your face. Five years is already long Five enough. years is pretty fucking terrifying. <laughs> Actually, that it would be hard because I eat hot sauce every day. I don't have sex every day, but I, I, I eat hot sauce every day. <laughs> I don't know if I could go a whole year without hot sauce. Five years. Five oh years. Oh, gosh. No. Anybody can go a year without sex. I mean, we're not trying to, but <laughs> it can happen. Mm. Time can get away from you pretty easily and a year can fly by. Yeah. But hot sauce? So, like, that's too easy. So, you got to go make it meaningful for the sex part, which is, I think, five years is pretty impactful. That's... Like, you're going to get it back after five years. Yeah, which but five one... years is a long time. That shit will dry up, get all dusty and cobwebby up in there. Now, does hot sauce include, like, hot peppers? Like, or is this just hot sauce? sauce? Hot, hot sauce. sauce. So, like, I can, like, still so get no, my spice fix. No Cholula, no Tabasco, no Sriracha. But what about, like, chili peppers? Can I just, like, bite into a chili pepper? Sure. You just can't have hot sauce. No hot sauce on your tacos, your Mexican food, your Asian food, on your burgers or your fries or whatever the fuck else you're putting it on. Jalapenos? No hot wings. Fuck. (laughs) Holy shit. No, I need it on my chicken wings. (laughs) I need it on my chicken wings. (laughs) I can't not eat it on my chicken wings. You guys should see her face right now. She's like going to cry. <laughs> no! Like, I'm hyperventilating at the thought of not no having buffalo that. sauce. Oh my goodness. It's hard for me too, but that's why I wanted you to answer. But I can't. I mean, okay, so I'm 34 now. <laughs> this is another I reason I can't like picked, not have sex until I'm 39. This is another reason I picked five years. These are like my best years. <laughs> I, I, I can't not have sex during my best years. So you're letting go of hot sauce. I don't want For five to. years. I can't do this. <laughs> I can't do I this. Can't. I'm going to put this on our Twitter later. Oh. oh, by the way, folks. Yeah. Please follow us on Twitter. I am so proud of Mandy for setting up our Twitter. I'm so, I think I'm thankful for that. So, and for those of you who are following us, Get your friends to follow us yeah, on Twitter. On please. Twitter, it's at the main dish pod. We had to keep it short enough for the Twitter. But you still haven't chosen sex or hot sauce. Ah, fudgicles. I thought I distracted you. 
Well, since I can still have jalapeno, I can bite into a jalapeno. So you're letting go of hot sauce. Well, I can't let go of sex for the next five years. That's my girl. <laughs> I mean, like, shags, I can't, I can't, I can't not have sex until I'm 39. <laughs> Anyways, it has been such a blast. This has been a really great episode. Yeah, I agree. And it's really nice. Like, for me, I don't know, I hope it helps our listeners, but for me, it's been really helpful. And I hope that as our listeners identify their non-negotiables and negotiables, once they identify it, the next step would be to learn how to articulate it to others so that you can start to practice self-care, self-love, boundaries, yeah. creating them. Identify. Um, and, and it, you know, and it's, sometimes I struggle with the word boundaries. Sometimes it's like, I, I don't want boundaries to become this wall. I want it to be like an invitation for you to meet me where I'm at, right? It's like, mm-hmm. this is how, uh, these are some of my needs or these are some of the things that matter to me. I'm inviting you to be part of that because yeah. I care about you and I want you to be part of this life. That you can I'm be a nice yeah. person and have yeah. boundaries. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot mm-hmm. of people struggle with that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's important to recognize you can be a nice person and have boundaries. And having boundaries is a kind thing to do to others. And most importantly, it is good self care. Yeah. I like kind as a word just because you bring that up because there's a difference between kind and nice oh yeah yeah and so kind is very very important kind is it for me it includes being honest with yourself and with others but approaching it from a place of place of openness yes place of openness but you know just a place of goodness good intentions yeah and that you're not trying to be negative about it or a place of positivity but you know comes from a place of being willing yeah and open to the possibilities of whatever encounter you know of whatever this other person might bring into your life like yeah having boundaries is a kind thing yep for sure yeah it's definitely (laughs) so she goes uh that was a head what is a head smack because I've been trying to work on not saying for sure. For sure. <laughs> and you're going to get me saying. I already said it once. <laughs> I'm going to start sniffling. I'm, la- I'm laughing about it so much that I'm already saying it. So, Well, it was great to be with you all. Yeah. And we look forward to the next episode. Yes. Love you. Love you too.